Blog Talk Radio. Let me tell you about something new. A new show called G's Power. G's Power. Real talk for real saints. Are you ready? And it's for real. Welcome to G's Power Hour live every weekday at 11.30 a.m. on Never Had It So Good Entertainment Network. Your host, G, will bring you informative and entertaining guests and a variety of topics in a way that you can absorb and enjoy. Listen in weekdays and call in at 516-387-1944. We love interaction. All shows can be downloaded if you miss one or found on iTunes the next day. G's Power Hour is powered by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. Good morning, brothers and sisters, kings and queens, angels and saints, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. I'm not even going to call it Friday Eve. I'm going to just call it Thursday, which it is, and I'm going to celebrate it just as I would any other day that the Lord has given us because we are blessed to have them. So thank you for being with us today. Now, I am privileged to have back one of our favorites here on the show uh, because he tells it like it is, and uh, we need to get some updates because he didn't get a chance to finish what he wanted to start the other day. And so welcome back to Civil Rights Attorney of Anderson and Welch, Kevin Anderson. Good morning, sir. How you doing? Thank you for that grand introduction. I am doing very well. How are you doing? I'm excellent. I was going to say perfect, but only Jesus, um, only God. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm. I am. I am. I'm doing. I don't know why I feel the way I feel today, but I'm taking it. I'm going to ride with it. I'm. I'm pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. For my memorial, uh, actually Labor Day, Labor Day it is. For Labor Day weekend, um, Mm -hmm. things have turned out to be pretty decent leading up to the break, and uh, I trust that you have planned this weekend. Oh gosh, I'm working, (laughs) but it's okay. Mm. It's okay. No, um, um, I'm I'm working with uh, my friend Stephanie Dukes um, on a blood drive tomorrow, and um, my husband is working. (laughs) He did not feel like. Um, uh, it was uh, the holiday was worth his time to take off, so he's he's working, but that's okay. We're gonna make some time. We're gonna we're gonna be good. I am taking off Monday. Princess is letting me have Monday off, so yeah, I w- I will be off for for that on Monday. So I'll probably go out and cut grass. Great. Outstanding. <laughs> so outstanding. So so where do we start? You. Well, goodness gracious, where do we start? I know you wanted to talk a little bit about the um, anti-protest um, law or bill or whatever, uh, the, the situation, there were some changes, and we didn't get a chance to really discuss it. So can we get an update on that, please? You, yes, yes. Thank you for uh, uh, readdressing that. <clears throat> there are changes, and then there are changes to the change. <laughs> the uh, the. Uh, Florida legislature, which is controlled by uh, conservatives at this point, uh, and uh, they uh, have uh, placed wide-sweeping legislation on the on the desk of Governor DeSantis, which was signed, and uh, the legislation is effectively known as uh, Senate Bill 90, 
um, and in the colloquial, the uh, Florida anti-protest law. The law itself has uh, a lot of provisions which are believed to slow down the uh, voters from casting their ballots either electronically or in person and to confuse uh, certain uh, uh, potential uh, voters with respect to what they can and cannot do and uh, also to dissuade uh, the third party or registration uh, entities from assisting. Um, and uh, the law primarily does all of those things by uh, attaching criminal sanctions to people who violate those provisions. So what I, what I had begun to talk about were the new and uh, elevated election law uh, penalties related to uh, a violation of the, the law's requirements. Uh, so uh, let me just start out by saying that the, the uh, courts have actually uh, looked at this law. Uh, the uh, district court, which is the federal court at the trial level, uh, reviewed uh, Senate Bill 90 and found the bill to be unconstitutional, uh, which was amazing to, uh, to, to me. Um, the the uh, district court judge said something which I thought uh, merited uh, repeating, <clears throat> so I want to, to do just that. Uh, the, the case that challenged the, the law was the League of Women Voters of Florida versus uh, mm. Florida's Secretary of State and the National Republican uh, Senatorial Committee. Uh, so I did not stutter. Women led this fight. And, and uh, the League of Women Voters, they are a powerful, powerful entity in Florida and uh, throughout mm-hmm. the country. I am aligned with them. I love them. And uh, yeah, I think I just recently them. had I recently had some representatives from the local uh, chapter unit of, of the that group on um, I think it was last week, actually, and, and I definitely will have them back on again. Um, so, yeah, I'm just, well, sometimes it just takes a woman or some women. You know? it, it takes all of us. I'm giving a shout out to these ladies because they led the way. And yep. I'm going to I'm going to tell you that the president of the League of Women Voters, um, yes, had a lot to do with me being a lawyer. Um, I had the privilege of working with uh, Cecile Schoon. Um, I was her mm-hmm. paralegal, and she was and still is my mentor. And uh, I give her her kudos because, but for her patience and her interest in me, I would have had a very difficult time becoming a lawyer. So there we are. But um, she uh, got, got, yeah, I'm giving it to her. Um, She got behind this effort, and uh, the lawsuit was filed to attack this uh, Senate bill. And the the district court judge in the case uh, is quoted as follows. The evidence bears that in Florida, white Floridians outpace black Floridians in almost every socioeconomic metric. In Florida, since the end of the Civil War, politicians have attacked the political rights of black citizens. In Florida, though we have come far, 
the realistic fact is that we still have a long, long way to go. For the past 20 years, the majority of the Florida legislature has attacked the voting rights of its black constituents. They have done so not as, in the words of Dr. King, vicious racists, with the governor having his lips dripping with the words of interposition and nullification, but as part of a cynical effort to suppress turnout among their opponent's supporters. That the law does not permit. Mm. This judge included that that statement at the end of his opinion when he struck down Bill 90. And I have to take my hat off to him because that uh, uh, did not have to be said. And I think Mm -hmm. that um, we need to know where he was coming from. And uh, he called out uh, the uh, progenitors of the the legislation uh, to let them know that we know uh, what you're doing here. Um, yes, mm-hmm. you have both houses, and therefore you were able to get the legislation through, and you had the executive branch, so the legislation could be signed into the law. Uh, but at some point, uh, our system of checks and balances allows for the judiciary to review the legislation. Having done so, the judiciary <clears throat> found that law to be unconstitutional. Now, <clears throat> well, the there was a Isn't that deal. special? <laughs> it's <was> very special. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the judge's decision was appealed to the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals. Mm-hmm. And the 11th Circuit uh, that sits in uh, Atlanta, uh, known to be uh, pretty conservative uh, with many appointees from uh, conservative presidents, found that uh, the uh, law – was uh, found to be unconstitutional based on an improper procedure. And they halted enforcement of the lower court's ruling. And when that happened, the uh, courts then allowed the uh, state of Florida to fully enforce uh, their election laws as they were written. The appeal is still going forward. This is just a hiccup. Mm -hmm and just uh, kind of a, a, a gateway to allow uh, the law to still be enforced in, in, in many provisions. But um, you got these counterbalancing entities, you know, the, the trial court, and you've got the appellate court, and you've got the legislature, you know, and you've got, you know, our, you know, our governor, you know, the fighting. Everybody's trying to, to, to do what they believe is in their party's best interest. Uh, so we're we're still in limbo here. We're kind of wondering, you know, you know what can happen and, and what can't happen. So, um, you know. what's the timeline? Uh, when when should we expect to know more? Well, you know, I would think we should know more like today. I would have thought really? we would have known more like you know before now. We've had you know we've gone through a primary, and uh, yeah. we're getting ready to, to you know have a general, uh, you know, for the midterm. Like what? What the heck? What are they going to wait for? And I just think that 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 this uh, uh, decision uh, uh, weaponized the law so that uh, certain entities can now bulldoze their people and intimidate uh, third-party registration groups uh, so that uh, some votes will be diluted. Um, and and, uh, and that's just just that's just what's happening. I mean, if you look across the country, 
you know, you see these broad sweeping voter suppression laws that weren't in place before. Uh, you, you know, you, you've got these people making allegations about, uh, you know, voter fraud and um, you, you have, you know, things changing that weren't changed before. Um, and, you know, folks are intimidated. They're, they're just uh, unable to keep up and, and kind of hesitant to move forward because they don't want to get in trouble. So, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm not happy about the state of, uh, of voting in the country or Florida. No, no. And, I, you know, my, my thing is part of it's our fault, okay? There's a lot of us that are complacent about, you know, that think, okay, the, the, fight was, the fight was done during the civil rights movement. The fight is over uh, during women's suffrage and all that kind of stuff. Fight is never over, you know, because if you if you know our our, our society keeps changing and evolving in different ways, and the thing is, is it's just like um, <laughs> it's just like racism. You know, you may not have the blatant or overt versions, although a lot of that is coming back. But you have the little um, hidden versions. You have the innuendos. You have um, you know people that know how to work systems that work systems against you know, against you, and you have to always be on watch and guard. You don't necessarily have to always be fighting, but you have to always be on watch. Well, a lot of people shy away from civic groups because they just aren't, you know, group types of people. Um, You know, the, um, for example, the Divine Nine, you know, the fraternities and the sororities, Uh, they're there um, and definitely active in the civic affairs arena. Um, League of Women Voters, uh, you've got, um, you know, the Urban League, uh, the NAACP, the ACLU. Um, they are, are there, and we're better together when, you know, we're, we're working together. Um, and so I would encourage uh, people to uh, consider affiliating with at least one of those groups. Now, I mean, I'm not telling you to go, you know, you know pledge a frat, you know, in your, you know, or nothing like that, but, I mean, if you, if you want to, you could. Uh, but uh, apart from the fraternities and the sororities, i.e., the, 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 you know, the Greek life, you, you can be a part of these social groups who are very active in the, in the voting community. Uh, and uh, I, I definitely know that they would, they would welcome your participation. Um, there is the uh, Florida Rights Restoration uh, Coalition uh, with Desmond Mead, I believe in your area somewhere there, uh, Gene. You know, uh, that group very active uh, uh, with respect to returning citizens and uh, their right to vote. And I'm gonna, what I mean by returning citizens, uh, I'm, I'm referencing people who have felonies and are now mm-hmm. uh, free from incarceration and free from a probationary uh, term who have paid their fines and, and you know, weren't convicted of, of a sex-related or a homicide-related offense. In Florida, uh, these people are eligible to vote. And uh, when we returned a number of those citizens to the voting rolls uh, during uh, the last election, Florida enjoyed a significant boost in the voting population. So um, I support that group as well and uh, partner with them through uh, the organization that uh, I'm a chairperson of uh, uh, in civic affairs here in uh, South Florida. 
Okay. All right. We are going to take our first break. We got more to talk about with Kevin Anderson of Anderson and Welch. And if you have questions or comments, the number is 516-387-1944. That is 516-387-1944. This is G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment, and we will be right back. Does it appear the long arm of the law is working against you instead of for you? Whom do you call when the boys in blue are pursuing you? When the wrong person behind bars may end up being you? With over 40 years combined legal expertise, Anderson and Welch bring to bear a smart, sound, sensible defense of those caught in what may be the unrelenting grip of the legal system. Turn to Anderson and Welch first to get ahead of trouble, not fall into it, by calling 561-832-3386. That's 561-832-3386. That's Anderson and Welch Law Firm online at andersonandwelch.com. Good morning. Welcome back to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. We are here with civil rights attorney Kevin Anderson of Anderson & Welch. And the number of you have questions or comments, 516-387-1944. Kevin, uh, what on the agenda? Um, Lots going on. Um, I, well... I want to address it. I guess I want a little more time on it, but I'm going to take just go ahead and start now. Um, unless there's something else you want to wrap up with the previous uh, issue, and then I want to proceed to the next one. So you tell me. Okay, real quickly, just so that folks understand what some of the provisions are in uh, uh, Senate Bill 90 uh, with respect to voting. Uh, the mm-hmm. bill uh, causes uh, a person to be uh, eligible for a felony conviction if uh, they release uh, early election results here in Florida. That was added as a law, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I just can't imagine why other than to uh, maybe uh, encourage individuals to continue to move forward to the polls when the early results are being released. Um, and the results uh, may or may not be for that person's candidate. You know, some people will hear it and, and decide, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to stay home. You know, uh, right. So, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. So it's a felony now, uh, which is punishable by five years in prison and a $5,000 fine. Even the distribution of certain election information is a felony now, uh, which, you know, was not. Uh, identified. There was no, no clear definition about what types of information qualified for this felony treatment. But uh, and mm-hmm. that was that was one of the issues with the uh, the, the court finding the, the the bill or the law to be unconstitutional. The uh, the the law also uh, makes it a a crime to supervise voting at assisted living facilities and nursing homes. And so um, and you can really? be there, but you can't, you can't help people. You can't help older people, you know, or mm-hmm. people who are disabled with their vote. You know, you can kind of, you know, be around and watch them struggle, but you, you're not supposed to help them, all right? That's, that's out of bounds. Um, the, uh, Look, balance that's box. interesting because okay. uh, I, I, work, I work the elections uh, almost all the time. And, yeah, I mean, you're not supposed to 
do the process for them, but you are supposed to say, hey, do you need a place to sit down and vote? Do you need, you know, um, are you supposed to, and if they, they're supposed to be able to have someone with them, um, and if they don't, then you are permitted to a certain degree to try to make sure that they are able to do the process without influencing them. But, I mean, yeah, some of this is, is a little ridiculous. And then also, too, with um, the information part, um, I think that's one of those cases where uh, it's not really something, in my opinion, that's really not really something that uh, we as individuals have to struggle with in terms of that information if we go about it the right way. The supervisor of elections usually has the information, and I think it's going to be on, uh, on them to uh, whether in terms of what they are able to release and what not. So, I mean, my thing is go to your supervisor elections office, go to their website, get the information, but don't take it from a third party. That was That's what I yes. would suggest. Yes, I, I agree. That, that's good advice. Uh, what about uh, asking a trusted friend or carekeeper to, to pick up or drop off your, your vote-by-mail ballot? What do you think about that? that you know, um, well, but not think too deeply because it's a crime now. <laughs> right, right. I mean, you know, I mean, <laughs> my husband took mine, uh, and that was legal. Uh, but, you know, I mean, for a minute there, it's like, can you do this? Can I have you do this? He's been doing it for years. Uh, I, I don't. I the I don't know why there's so many restrictions on elderly and infirm people trying to I mean because they're usually the strongest people they're the ones that really believe in the voting process to place these additional restrictions on them I think is 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 suspect I would say at least. Um, but I, I think there should be uh, certain 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 circumstances, certain uh, provisions for elderly and infirm voters. I mean, in some cases, they used to be able to vote right in, in, in on the spot. In certain cases, in terms of nursing homes and in terms of um, uh, assisted living facilities. I, so I don't know. I think there really needs to be that needs to be readdressed. It, it well, hopefully it will be addressed, but uh, the uh, uh, tinkering around with the, that process for those confirmed and elderly citizens it has a chilling effect. And, you know, when you chip away county by county, you know, precinct by precinct uh, uh, of the, the, the votes that could possibly come in from those people, then, you know, you're starting to results that might not otherwise be seen. So I think that, that's the effort there. That's what they're trying to do, whoever well, that's what the, the law is, is set up to do at this point. Um, so I'll tell you what a real whammy is, and, and you know, these third-party registration uh, groups, you know, the groups that are able to now go out and, and register voters, uh, that will get you, will throw you in jail. All right, so there, you know, the law is is now targeting these groups, um, you know, like like the fraternities, um, or you know, the urban league, you know, that set up camp and will like sit in front of a place and you know, uh, will register people to vote who otherwise might not be be voting. Everything has to be to the T. The I's have to be dotted, or you're looking at going to jail. <laughs> right, right. My understanding is that you, your, 
my understanding is that your organization has to be registered in order to do that. Um, yeah. You can't just say, you know, a group of volunteers from a church or a group of volunteers from, you know, whatever your social club is. Uh, hey, we, you know, we kind of want to do a public service. We want to go register people to vote. Now it's a little bit more complicated um, yeah. in terms yeah. Of, yeah. of, you know, registering wh- whoever you are, reg- you have to be registered, and they're only going to allow, I think, a certain amount of people to do it. But who's going to do it? So. Who's going to do it now when you're looking at jail and the fines have increased from $1,000 to up to $50,000. So I'm telling you now, if I'm in a group and I'm out there registering people and I know that someone else in the group has a, a component of the registration, which might get everybody in trouble because, like, let's say they're holding a ballot or two in their car for, like, more than the records of time frame, man, I'm mm. probably not going to do it, you know? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be like, you know what? Nah, got to pass. I'm sorry. And who's going to be affected? The people who would otherwise have registered to vote. All right. Well, so, shouldn't, shouldn't maybe you pass that information across the desk of an attorney that could look at it and make sure that, you know, the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed? Yes, yes. But, like, you're talking about communities that don't have that luxury. You know, you know you're talking going into, you know, some of these urban areas where people aren't aren't registering to vote and you're 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 posting up in front of um you know you're posting up in front of uh, community centers like you know and you're registering these people then and there and yes a lawyer is accessible but not all lawyers are Kevin Anderson and you know they're not going to just uh, give you that much time right right yeah yeah so but right. i mean so that's, I... that's where i am Go ahead. I was going to say, you know, you got a, a, don't you have a certain amount of attorneys that um, are, aren't you all required to do a certain amount of pro bono work? Aren't some attorneys yes. required that? Yes, yes, we're we're required to do community uh, service in the form of representation, and uh, um, lawyers will will say that they do that type of uh, work. Uh, but frankly, they're just checking a box and, and signing their name when they aren't. And to the extent that they are doing this type of work, um, you know, you're not, you don't, you don't find a bunch of lawyers, you know, rushing to the community centers or rushing to the churches to do this type of work. They're just, uh, that, that, that they aren't. And I'm out there and I see it. I'm one of the few right. lawyers, you know, you know but, who, are, okay. who, who does this kind of stuff. Look, let me ask you this. Is there a certain requirement in terms of what type of pro bono work that an attorney does? So they just, just is it that they have to have a certain amount of hours to, of pro yes. bono work? Is that what it is? Yes. You have to swear. So basically uh, my group, whatever it is, can say, hey, I want to, re- I want to you know, be certified or whatever it is to register people to vote. Can you look at my paperwork and, and and look at the rules and make sure the I's are dotted and T's are crossed? I'm sure that type of pro bono work, Kevin, is a lot easier than some of the others that's out there. And it helps it everybody in it helps everybody concerned, right? It does. Yeah. There um, you go. But I mean, it sounds great. It is great. Is it gonna happen? Don't know. I'm, I'm just putting it out there. But, yeah. I'll do it. I'm on record right here, right now. Right there. There you go. If you're the sound of my voice, you can call Kevin R. Anderson from Anderson and Welch, and I will help you. There you go. 
There you go. So if you have a group and you want to make sure that you all are legitimate in the voter registration process and you want to help your community, you can contact Kevin. Or just I, I would just say go to if there's another attorney in your area that you trust and you can say, hey, you got you, do you need to do some pro bono work? Can you do some pro bono work for us? Ask and you shall receive. There you go. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. So, all right. So I know I interrupted. So let me let you complete your, your thoughts. I, I, I think I've, I've, hi- I've highlighted the, the larger areas. Uh, oh, one more thing: the ballot boxes yes. are, are 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 locked up, and they're not even yep. called ballot boxes anymore. By the way, you know. Um, so th- we're going to have um, we're going to have a time uh, trying to get to them the way that we did before. You know. During the uh, 2020 uh, election, the uh, we had about a million and a half to two million uh, ba- uh, uh, secure ballot boxes, which were used to collect the votes. Well, now the ballot boxes have been moved from different from one place to another, and they are mm-hmm. restricted by hours. And there is a person who is there to physically mm-hmm. watch what you put in the box. All right, mm-hmm. so. That's a new addition, um, and they're, they're mm-hmm. going to be checking to see what you what you're doing. Okay, now that and if you're found to stuff the box, or maybe I'm taking two or three you know, ballots with me since I'm going anyhow, and you, you manage to get those in the box, trouble. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, I'm, I mean, some of that is not new. I know um, here in Orange County, at the supervisor elections office, you can just drive up, and you could you know, put your uh, ballot in the box. But there was always someone there. Hot as I don't know what, but they were out there, the um, you know, sitting in the chair with the umbrella over there, but they were watching you in terms of what you were putting in the box. So that's not necessarily new. What about going to jail because of it? <laughs> that's new. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. We don't want nobody going to jail unnecessarily, please. Please, you know, so just... Anyway, we're going to take a break. Uh, (laughs) Thank you, Kevin. We're going to be here when we come back um, because I want to ask him some questions uh, about uh, something that just seems to keep going on and on and on, and that is this whole uh, police knee to the back, chokehold, whatever you want to call it, you know, it's it's still going on. So anyway, if you have questions or comments, the number is 516-387-1944. This is G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment, and we will be right back. Over the past 60 years, Dove Beauty Bar's superior formula has remained unchanged. But when it comes to beauty, everything changed. Together, we redefined beauty. We said no to stereotypes and yes to every type. We let go of judgments and embraced what makes us unique. We're proud to have been there with you, caring for you every step of the way. Here's to the next 60 years. Having a wedding, reception, family reunion, planning a banquet, or some other fundraising event. Need to share your knowledge through a workshop or seminar, or it's a difficult time, and you need to plan a wake or repast. Let us help. 
At our gatherings, let us reduce the stress and make the occasion memorable, treasured. Call our gatherings at 407-968-9387 or email ourgatherings at yahoo.com. Let us help plan your special event. Hey, hey, welcome back. Good afternoon. It's G's Power Hour on Never Had So Good Entertainment, and I'm your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. We are here with Civil Rights Attorney Kevin Anderson of Anderson and & Welch. And the number, if you have questions or comments, 516-387-1944. Okay. I, I, I'm bringing this back up because I saw some video of a guy and apparently he had been, uh, and I can't remember what the news story is, but I, I sent I sent a lot of stuff to Kevin. He didn't even get a chance to really uh, sift through most of it. But this is his, you know, he's he's you know he knows he knows what I'm trying to get at. But anyway, my concern is, is with these people that are being arrested. A lot of them, or in, in chokehold or whatever, and they're dying in police custody. Quite a few of them are either under some sort of influence or they are mentally unstable. And that, to me, I, I think there's a, I mean, if you're just being a badass and you're not complying, that I think that's a different thing versus someone that maybe is not in complete control of their faculties. So I agree. can you talk, can you, yeah, can you elaborate a little bit on that? Sure, sure. Um, the uh, law enforcement really, unless they're towed in advance, they don't know who they're encountering until they get on scene. So particularly in the field where, you, you know, you, you, they pull up in the patrol vehicle, they jump out, and there's some person standing there uh, wielding a weapon or who's uh, just, uh, you know, loud and has been accused of doing something before the officers got there, which is violent in nature. Uh, the police kind of don't know what the person's makeup is, so they're going into attack mode. Um, and unfortunately, it's, it's after the fact that, you know, they'll put the person, you know, in restraints, and they might even use uh, uh, non-lethal and, in some instances, lethal force uh, that they, they learned that the person was schizophrenic uh, or the person perhaps might have been suicidal um, and uh, then the Monday morning quarterbacking begins. So in this country, we have a real problem with respect to mental health and the enforcement of criminal laws. Um, one of the defunding uh, components was the enhancement of uh, the agencies with uh, mental health education uh, alternative dispute um, and de-escalation techniques in order to pr- preclude the likelihood of someone who is mentally ill from being uh, hurt or killed when they're being restrained or when the police are interacting with the people. Uh, but that's been stymied. You know, the agencies uh, pretty much now are, are riding on the momentum of the anti-defunding policies and or the anti-defunding chance, I'll say that they, they haven't they haven't really become a policy, um, and so they're moving away from it again. You know, you, you saw them moving towards that. I watched that, uh, but now you know, you know, um, and, and partly because of the, the word defunding, that word like stick around for like three years, 
without correcting what you were doing. Really, what you're what, what we're saying is, you know, add a component to an agency which now funds something that we need and haven't been uh, equipped with. But that word stuck I mean, around. It's a misnomer. Yeah, but, it's it's just someone's I think way of just you know drawing negative attention to a situation that they don't like. I mean, shouldn't it be maybe a, quote, reallocate, reallocation of resources uh, for the most effective outcome? Yep. That's Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep, we took the bait. We took the bait, you know, and started, you know, oh, no, 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 don't defund the police. It's not that we're trying to take away money from the agency and, and their, no. their, their ability to enforce the law. It's really, like you said, a reallocation of resources, a refocusing, you know, so that we can pay attention to some other things, you know, that are important. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, man, at this point, we're full blown, man. We're done. <laughs> because I think the people that they're accusing of wanting to defund the police are the ones that actually – are not necessarily in favor of it, and they see probably a, a bigger need for that funding to be in place, and maybe they just need some additional resources or, like I said, a reallocation of resources to just produce the, the best um, outcome to, to be the most effective. Well, I agree. I, I agree. I, I've represented people, uh, I'm telling you, you know, who've been killed because mm-hmm. they were not, dealing with a police officer who kind of, you know, knew what to watch for and then when he or she spotted it, you know, how to react so that things didn't just get out of control. Um, I'm going to ask you, you know, I, I want to ask you a question before we go forward, uh, and I don't know if you can answer it, but you, you mentioned earlier about um, police going into situations where they're unaware of uh, the the whole circumstance in terms of whether or not, for example, the person is schizophrenic. But what about the situations where someone calls and says, just for example, my brother is, you know, I'm afraid he's going to do harm to himself. He has mental health issues. He's out there. He might have a weapon, and he may be threatening people. Um, so that gets recorded in dispatch, how much of that gets relayed to the officers? None of the actual uh, report uh, verbatim from the caller or the complainant as they are uh, defined. As mm-hmm. the, uh, the dispatcher translates the, the, the information into codes and into brief statements. And, you know, mm-hmm. all the officer hears is a TIN code and a location and um, if necessary, a description of who you're going to meet when you get there. Um, and so the police officer gets out the car, uh, and, you know, the officer is, you know, may or may not uh, be there with backup. Their adrenaline's moving in their system. Mm-hmm. And these guys, you know, they're walking in a place, you know, they don't know what, what's going on. All they know is they've got, you know, a person who's armed and potentially dangerous, who has uh, mental health issues, and they need to watch their backs. And uh, the first so they person might, they see is going to get it. They might know that that person. They might know that that person has mental health issues. There's a code for mm-hmm. that. There's a code okay. for it. Yeah, they know that they They know that the call is is related mm-hmm. to mental health things. But sometimes mm-hmm. the police officer will get on the telephone with dispatch and go, "Hey, what now? What's going on?" You know, and they'll tell them. 
you know, and, okay. uh, and, and then, yeah, yeah, but they'll come in. But um, for the most part, they, they mm-hmm. really don't get a lot. They don't get a lot. No. So, and so it, how, <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I need to go back to this. So these codes, if there's a code for mental illness or something, you know, or drunken disorderly or whatever, if there are codes for this, how do all of the codes get used in, in that with regards to that particular situation? Do codes get left out from translation um, from dis- call to dispatcher to officer? Yes, yes. There, codes get left out. Um, the codes are used. Basically, every agency, they will use the system. The system is uniform. Um, and mm-hmm. um, I want to say in the 10 codes, I want to say like 1073 or something like that, or a 73 is, is someone, um, mm-hmm. you know, who, who's uh, in that in that condition. And I know then there's a signal 20 that they use mm-hmm. that, that, that I think I've heard that one before. But um, they all get used, and all the officers know what the codes are. I don't care where you go from the West Coast to the East Coast. They can mm-hmm. talk that parlance with each other, and, and I'll, I'll sit there in a deposition, you know, and I'll, mm-hmm. I'll listen to them, you know, to go back and forth, you know, with each other about it. And I'm thinking, wow, okay, so I guess everybody gets trained in it. So everybody knows the code. They're uniform. Okay, so is there a certain amount of responsibility? I mean, because we talk about the officers on the scene, you know, and maybe their their supervisor. But are there any instances where the dispatcher is, you know, and I know the dispatcher, before I go forward that, I know the dispatchers are under a lot of pressure trying to make sure that the, the right information and as much information as possible gets relayed to the officers so they know what they're dealing with. But at the same time, is there a certain amount of liability for the dispatcher? Funny you should say that. I just got a case that I'm looking at uh, regarding that. That's interesting. Um, okay. It's interesting. Uh, you know, and I'm looking at it from a negligence perspective. Um, the officers mm-hmm. or the dispatcher's duty to report mm-hmm. properly what's happening and then a breach of that duty when they don't properly report. And as a result, the police officer making a decision, which uh, is the is the reason why there are damages. Uh, I have I just picked up one yesterday. I just did that. Yes, that's interesting. Um, so, yeah, I think I think and man, gee, every now and then, gee, every now and then. All right, <laughs> I like it. You know, I try. There you go. I try. Hey, I, <laughs> hey, that's you're dead on. You know. So and I and when I saw it, I blew it off at first. I went, I kind of went like, ah, eh, get out of here. Cop knows what to do. But then I thought about it again. I thought, well, 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 well wait a minute, wait a minute. Um, and so, yeah, I think that there there could be a negligence claim uh, that the law enforcement would have to answer for because of a dispatcher who's lazy or gives out the wrong info. Um, and mm-hmm. the case I have is uh, the dispatcher gives out uh, bad uh, bad information on, on a vehicle. And the dispatcher tells mm. the police officer, hey, hey, look, you know, this is a stolen vehicle. And, the, the, and the, uh, the owner of the vehicle is armed and has been known to be dangerous. <laughs> and so it's, a, it's, number one, you don't know who's driving the car. It could be like, you know, a relative or something. Or the car could have been recently sold to someone, you know. Um, so, mm-hmm. of course, they, you know, the, the, the traffic stop occurred. 
you know, they park the car sideways and then they wait for backup. They come out, and, you know, with their guns drawn. And it's, it's a woman. She's a university professor. And uh, mm-hmm. she happens to be black, actually. And they bring her out, and she, so she gets out the car, and so she's, and they, you know, they tell her, you know, you know, walk backwards with your hands up. And this lady, oh my gosh, like late sixties, like maybe early seventies. She's, you know, uh, I know she's a department chair at a major university. I'll just say that. <laughs> and, uh, so, so she's walking. Can you see this lady walking backwards with high heels on ninety five? You know, like, oh, you know, with no. these lights on her. This is like Medea. You know. Really, you know, so mm. she's like walking backwards and it's like, what did I do? What did I do? What did I do? <laughs> and they're like, shut up. Just shut up. God. Oh, my gosh. And then, you know, and, and oh, yeah. And then they're like, you know, on your knees. Get on your knees. Oh, it's not funny. <laughs> but, you I know, know, but it, yeah, I know what you're saying. Oh, my gosh. I, but I see so, so much of this stuff. You know, so yeah, that's one of those situations, and it really turned out the dispatcher was wrong. <laughs> the oh, dispatcher was totally shit. wrong, and uh, oh. and so so they they get the lady. Actually, they put her in cuffs, and they 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 begin to process her. She's in the back seat of the vehicle, and then they they fight, they figure out, wait a minute, you know, this isn't right. What's going on here? And uh, so they unarrest her. <laughs> you know? And uh, by, by then, this lady, man, 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 her curls are sweated out. She's man, she's, she's, uh, you know, she's crying. She's a she's a mess, you know. So there you go. Is this so? Is that uh, is is, <laughs> does, is does that kind of um, incident lead to uh, a lawsuit? It could. Yes, it could. You know, I I. And I hate to say it, but like if they had taken her to jail, it would have been such a better lawsuit, you know. Um, yeah, no, I know what her. you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know. Um, but mm-hmm. but it would have been terrible for her. And now I know I'm going to mm-hmm. get a phone call, and, and you know, on this one, like, what are you talking about? Taking me to jail? <laughs> but um, uh-huh. yeah, no, but I know what you mean in, in regards to the lawsuit <laughs> in, itself. Definitely, you know, more more gravity for you know for the lawsuit, more grounds. Uh, yep. Definitely, but yep. still. So this is yeah, one of those so, cases where, um, and like I said, mm-hmm. I understand that dispatchers are, are juggling a lot of stuff and have a lot of stuff to handle. But this is one of those cases where you know you've affected someone, someone's life, someone's reputation could have potentially uh, affected someone's life for good if it didn't turn out the right way. You know? Oh, she could have had a heart attack. I suppose she like turned around and started going crazy, like the real Medea. You know, and they <laughs> shot her, you know? Yeah, you know? They might have had a, a loaded purse, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, anything could happen. But that, yep. but I'm glad you're bringing that up. And the same thing could happen in the context of a person who's mentally ill, you know, for sure. Mm-hmm. Definitely. It, it really could happen that way. So um, mm-hmm. um, did you hear about the guy that uh, in Atlanta, a $100 million verdict for tasing this older guy? And uh, he, he uh, I think he had a heart attack. He almost died. It just happened. I, I, I a hundred million dollars. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. But keep, keep, keep drilling me here. Um, what else do you think? Oh. There? <laughs> well, right now I'm going to take our final break. But um, when we come back, you know, he's open for questions, and, and we'll take your comments as well. We're here with. 
civil rights attorney Kevin Anderson. This is G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. The number is 516-387-1944, and we will be right back. This is Douglas Dobbs of Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service. We have served the Central Florida community for 29 years with quality funeral and cremation services. Honoring all religions and faiths, we have been here for many grieving families. Whether it's a complete funeral service with a burial or a simple, dignified cremation, Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service is here for you. Located at 430 North Kirkman Road at the 408 Expressway, Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service, 407-578-7720. Dobbs, dedicated to serving our families. Hi, I'm Tim Garris. Uh, You may know me as Timmy G. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's been two decades, but I want you to know I'm back in the argument And I've got a mix of music that can help you relax and chill out. It's smooth. It's relaxing. It's chill out jazz. The soulful mix of smooth jazz, soul, and smooth R&B. So join me every Wednesday night, 10 p.m. to midnight on K-Ham Radio. Are you chilling? Hey, hey, good afternoon. Welcome back to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. We are here with Civil Rights Attorney Kevin Anderson. By the way, tomorrow we're going to go on at 11 instead of 11.30. We're still going to do the the whole hour, but we're going to add a, a half an hour. There are some changes coming to G's Power Hour, so just you know keep listening. But there's so much going on this weekend that I felt like I needed to add on a, a half an hour. So in addition to Paul Z. Shelton of Warwick Shore, our economist, being on tomorrow, I'm trying to get some other folks because there's a lot to talk about. So um, join me at 11. I'm not, I can't tell you what's going to actually happen at 11 o'clock, but we will be here. But in the meantime, Kevin, so um, yeah. so anyway, uh, how do you know, um, if you end up in a situation, how do you know whether or not you actually may or may not have a case? You need to confer with a lawyer. The, um, the cases are not that easy to uh, review and to decipher. Uh, There are a lot of salient things that are happening, such as uh, statutes and limitations. Uh, There are factors, uh, for example, for false arrest, if the arrest uh, was the the result of a warrant, like an arrest warrant or or what we call a capias, then you don't have a false arrest. You might have malicious prosecution. Um, The lawyers are in a better position to evaluate the, the legal aspect of the case. And um, so I can't imagine you thinking you have a case and, you, and not consulting a lawyer. What are you going to do, represent yourself? You know, I guess you could, and, and, and you have a right to do so, but the, the, the rule of thumb is talk to learning counsel. Okay. I just came across um, – I just came across uh, an article – I uh, just wanted to relay this. Um, and I had not heard of this person, but her name is Esther Cooper Jackson. She's a civil Why rights do pioneer. I know that name? Huh. She, she died. Okay. She uh, just died. It came, at, came out, I guess, yesterday. She died at 105 years old, a feminist. And according to this, this is U.S. Uh, excuse me, a New York Times article, uh, feminist, mm-hmm. self-proclaimed revolutionary. She was in the forefront mm-hmm. of the movement for economic and political equality in the 1940s. Um, and uh, she and let's see, according to this, she was actually also 
a member of the Communist Party, uh, according to this. Um, she, they said she was among um, black radicals who pioneered voting, voter registration drives, uni- union organizing efforts, um, opposition to police, police brutality, and campaigns for equal white rights in the – I can't talk today, sorry – and the desegregation of public transit, primarily in the South. So um, I'm going to post this, but uh, yeah, I just came across that and I wanted to share that. So, um, so Thank you. <laughs> you know, yeah, you. a lot of yeah. this, a lot of this stuff, I just just need people to understand. A lot of this stuff is not new. <laughs> you know, uh, it's, it's just sometimes, like they say, if you don't know your history, you sometimes doomed to repeat it. But, yes, um, thank you. I'm looking at that now. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hey, then, if I can I. Can I just readdress? Sure. Uh, you can go that ahead. I, I really, I don't want to, I don't want to disrespect this, uh, this man. The, the uh, gentleman who got the hundred million dollar verdict was, uh, uh, he was, he, he was uh, uh, tased, and he fell and broke his neck, and um, oh. and he is now a paraplegic, and um, he had bills that were uh, in excess of fourteen million dollars at the time of the verdict. And uh, he's a, 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 an older gentleman. He's 69 years old, and he's paralyzed from the neck down. So um, that is, and it, and the verdict was from an Atlanta jury, right? So, and he's black, all right. So let me just let me just be clear that you know you're not going to get that everywhere you go. Um, you know, right. you got a black man in a black city, and <laughs> and you got it. A person who's been tased and they break their neck and they look like your grandfather and the jury is probably more diverse than in most places in the country. You're probably right. going to get a lot more money. All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I, I'm going to have to look for that and, and post it so we all can can look into that and and um, you know congratulations for for that verdict. But you know what a way to the to get you know attention to certain issues, it, it should not be this way. I'm just. I agree. Yeah, I agree. So, um, what is coming up that we need to be keeping our eyes on um, in the next month or so? Well, um, we're we're watching today. There's going to be a decision in the uh, in the Trump matter regarding the appointment of a special master. I think as we mm-hmm. as we are speaking now. Uh, now this is happening mm-hmm. in my town, folks, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, there is uh, going to be a decision regarding the appointment of, of a special master to review uh, privileged information that is purportedly commingled with the uh, uh, the sensitive material, or let's just say classified. I think uh, Mr. Trump and his his uh, uh, allies are calling classified information quote sensitive unquote. Uh, information, but the reality is that it's secret, top secret, and secret compartmentalized uh, data. So that's happening as we speak. Uh, mm-hmm. There is uh, um, a lot going on in this town about that. We've got protests all over the place, and mm-hmm. um, court, court cases have been delayed here in the federal arena because of that. Uh, in your town, I uh, anticipate that there are going to be protests. Didn't you guys just get a new, like, uh, police chief, chief police in Orlando? Yeah. Yes, we did. Yeah, I'm hearing things. So what's going on around there? I'm hearing that that uh, that there there is a little unrest about that, uh, all the way down here. 
Um, nah, so, oh, um, well, I didn't hear that, but I'm going to, ha- and I, I'm going to have to um, find out. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to call, I'm not letting you know, if you're listening, I'm going to call my cousin who used to work with OPD, see if he knows anything, but um, no, I had, I had not heard, you know, okay. but uh, okay. yeah, and- I mean, I, 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 gosh, I think that's all we need is more controversy here. Um, I personally, and I'm going to say this, but I wanted to write a letter, and I still probably will. We got a uh, we got a PR image here in, in in Central Florida, really do. And the reason I say that is because I was looking for something. Um, I was searching for something on the internet. I'm going to, not going to use it. I got to stop using that phrase that we all use. But I was searching for something on the internet for in terms of um, the Orlando. And it was like a crime blotter. And unless I put in, you know, if I put it, like I was putting in Orlando News Today, and it was all of the crime yes. stuff. And I'm like, so unless I put in Orlando Business News or Orlando Health News, or, or if I'm not specific, I get all of the crime stuff. And that is not what Orlando is about. There's so much more going on. And so that annoyed the heck out of me. And, I, and so we've got a PR problem we've got to work on here. So. I just yep. had to say that. It was bothering me. So. Okay. Well, I will okay. keep my head on the swivel. And as always, you can call on me to update and to comment on things that uh, have already been updated. So I'm here for you. Sure. I appreciate it. We we appreciate it definitely. Uh, thank you so much. Um, and I, I will be call. Oh. I think I sent you one other thing, but I'm, we're, we'll get to it in another time. I might even try to talk about this tomorrow. I'm going to talk about it soon because it deals with real estate, which is, you know, I'm all about, um, about a civil rights group suing over housing laws. So we may talk about that a little later because there's always some sort of housing discrimination going on, unfortunately. So that might be something to talk about. But Kevin, yep, sure. thank you so much. Um, get some rest. I know you're busy. Get some rest. Um, but we'll have you back on soon. I'm I'm sure of it. So Thank you for your time. Thank really you. appreciate it. You take You're care. Welcome. You're welcome. You take and th- care as well. Thank you so much. And thank you all for listening. This has been G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. If you have a question or you have comments or some um, issue that you want to see addressed, and like I said, I'm not the expert, but I'll get one for you. I'm going to try my darndest. Uh, just hit me up on the G's Power Hour Facebook page. Send me a message. I want to know. Um, you know, so that we can address it. I want to make sure that whatever you have concerns about, we are able to address it here on the podcast. So thank you all for your time. Be well, be safe, be blessed. This has been G's Power Hour. I never had it so good entertainment. And please remember, all real power comes from God. Take care. <laughs>